Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Mom, Dad, I'm okay. Um, I'm... I had a few scrapes and stuff, but um, they've washed them up and they're getting okay. And I've caught a cold, but they're giving me pills for it. And so um, I'm not being starved or beaten or unnecessarily frightened. Um, I've heard some press reports, and so I know that Steve and all the neighbors are okay, that that no one was really hurt. Does that take you back in time? It's the voice of Patricia Hearst, the kidnapping, February 4, 1974. It's the focus of a brand new book by Jeffrey Tubin. The title is American Heiress. Hey, Jeffrey, thank you so much for being here, and congratulations. Brother Michael, thank you, sir. I was 12 at the time, and yet I I feel like I remember so much of it. What attracted you, these many years later, to the Patricia Hearst case? Well, I came at it at a somewhat unusual uh, route. I 
uh, wrote a story for The New Yorker about uh, a gang that had taken over a jail in Baltimore. It was called the Black Gorilla Family. And I got interested in the history of the Black Gorilla Family, which came out of the California prisons in the 70s. And the California prisons were this weird hotbed of political activism. And, and um, you know, there was this feeling among people on the left I mean, basically an insane idea that every prisoner was a political prisoner. And um, I started looking into that whole world. And the Symbionese Liberation Army, which was, of course, the group that kidnapped Patricia, came out of that world as well. And my editor asked me about Patty Hearst. And I said, well, there must be a million books about Patty Hearst. And And he said, well, go check. And in fact, I found that no journalist had looked into the story in more than 30 years. So I thought, saw there was an opportunity there for me. She didn't cooperate with you, and you explain that in the book, I think, in the acknowledgments. Is there right. any reaction from her that you're aware of? N- none, none at all. Um, I, she was certainly very unhappy that I was writing it, um, as she made clear in a brief phone call with me, as she gave, said to, to people we both know. You know, she has moved on in her life. She's 62 years old. She's a mother or grandmother. Um, she's ironically the uh, um, she has led the life for which she was destined. She she is a sort of socialite and a wealthy uh, homemaker. Um, the, she's given many interviews over the years on this subject, but almost exclusively to reporters who don't know much about the facts of the case. And so she doesn't have to ask about some of the more uncomfortable aspects, given her own behavior. And and you have her. In fact, there's a photograph of her in the book. You, you have her showing and winning at the 2015 Westminster Dog Show at Madison Square Garden. That's right. She uh, she raises show dogs, Shih Tzu, and uh, she won with a dog named Rocket a couple of years ago. You say, Jeffrey, early in the book that this episode provided hints of what was to come for the country generally. How so? Well, there were uh, so many aspects of it that um, anticipated our, our modern world. The whole notion of a trial as a metaphor for what was going on in the country, you know, that, that, that of course, um, came came to greater fruition in the O.J. Simpson case. The involvement of the media and and what it means to be intensely covered. Although of course the media grew more bigger and more intrusive. Uh, people selling book deals in the middle of a trial. Um, celebrity lawyers. F. Lee Bailey, who of course reappear, reappeared in the O.J. Simpson case, was Patricia's lawyer. Uh, even weird things like sports. Uh, one of the people who protected. Patricia Hearst, while she was on the run, was a guy named Jack Scott, who was one of the first sports activists for athletes uh, who warned about the dangers of uh, steroids and, and, and other kinds of drugs. Um, you know, that, that all of which, um, you know, became bigger and crazier um, as time passed. The incident takes place, as I mentioned, February 4, 1974, the, the kidnapping. She's at Berkeley. She's a sophomore. She's living with a guy named Steve Weed at the time. He's a Princeton grad. It seems like him saying to the kidnappers, and I I don't have the exact words in front of me, but something like, take whatever you want, and ultimately running out the back door sealed his fate, or was that relationship headed for the rocks anyway? 
Um, you, you have the quote exactly right, Michael. I mean, that, that, that's what he said. Um, that relationship was heading for the rocks anyway. And, and I think one of the uh, peculiarities of the whole story is that the SLA knew nothing about Patricia Hearst personally, other than she was William Randolph Hearst's granddaughter and a student at Berkeley. But she was a 19-year-old who was at a real crossroads in her life. She was engaged to Stephen Weed, but the, mar- but the, the relationship was deteriorating fast. She was alienated from her mother. She was developing a bit of a political consciousness. She was restless, unhappy. A- and they grabbed her a- at this time when she was at a very vulnerable and um, uh, a, a, very, a very vulnerable and, and a malleable moment. A- and so if you look at her life and her age and her situation, the fact that she wound up joining with the SLA um, in their uh, crusade, crazy, violent crusade, is less bizarre than it might seem in the abstract. And when when she is now sending signals that she's receptive to what they're all about, there's a part in the book where you say they're talking among themselves. Look, they said, this is a girl who did drugs. I'll say who slept with her high school teacher who chose Berkeley over Stanford. Maybe she really could be one of us. And of course, Jeffrey, the eternal question that people want to know is, well, in the end, was she really one of them? Well, you know, that is the, the, the core of the book, um, the, the question of, you know, was she coerced and 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 opposed to the SLA throughout and, and simply a, a victim or did she, in fact, join the SLA? And my conclusion is that over the year and a half she was on the run with the SLA, she very much did join the SLA. She committed an extraordinary number of crimes, not just the bank robbery that she was convicted of, but two other bank robberies, including one where, she, where a woman was killed. She shot up a street in Los Angeles. She helped set off bombs in Northern California. And very importantly, she had opportunity after opportunity to leave, to go back to her family, to go to the police. And every single time she not only didn't didn't escape, but she made every effort to hide her real identity and stay with the SLA. You provide a shortened timeline at the outset of Chapter 15. She was kidnapped fe- kidnapped February 4. March 31, she convinced the comrades of her worthiness to join the SLA. April 3rd, she sent the communique in which she vowed to stay and fight under her new name of Tanya. April 15, she participated in the robbery of the Hibernia Bank. April 24, she sent the communique that mocked the idea that she'd been brainwashed. May 16, she fired her machine gun and another gun at Mel's to free Bill Harris from the clutches of his pursuers. And May 17, she watched her comrades in including Willie Wolf, die excruciating deaths. I think when I got to that part of the book, even though I was I was young at the time, that's what brought home just how transfixed the nation was on those very rapidly unfolding events. Well, and, and um, you know, the, the May 16th, May 17th moment is clearly the turning point of the whole story, because on May 16th, the, the group has fled from San Francisco to uh, Los Angeles and uh, Bill goes, uh, I'm sorry, Patricia goes shopping with Bill and Emily Harris 
Bill gets caught shoplifting and Patricia, who was alone in the van, could have walked away, could have driven away, fires her machine gun to try to free Bill and Emily Harris, which which she does. The, The three of them flee to Disneyland, of all places, and go to a motel, turn on the television, and see that the other six members of the SLA have been surrounded by the Los Angeles Police Department. What follows is still the biggest police shootout in American history, where the LAPD winds up killing all six of uh, the other SLA members, including Donald DeFreeze, the leader who calls himself Sinku, Willie Wolf, uh, her, her lover, as, as is alleged. And uh, that really seals her decision to flee because she thinks accurately that the LAPD thought she was in that house and she would have been killed. And, and the SLA had been telling her, look, you have nothing to fear from us. You only have to fear the cops. And, and they were proven right. And, and that's when she really begins her crime wave in earnest. This is Jeffrey Tubin. The brand new book is titled American Heiress. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. This is Jeffrey Tubin. The brand new book is titled American Heiress. Jeffrey, I promise I'm not giving it all away for free, but you referenced Willie Wolf, Cujo, uh, and, and you delve deeply into the issue of whether she was raped. I do. And this is this is an area where, you know, I really wanted to tread very carefully because I am, you know, I wasn't there and I take rape very seriously. And also, you know, under modern ideas about consent, uh, a kidnap victim in a closet, I think, could not uh, be thought to offer meaningful consent in a in, in a modern understanding of that term. However, I mean, when you look at all the circumstances, and this became a crucial story, uh, a crucial part of her trial uh, two years later, um, it does appear that however it may have started, the relationship with Willie Wolf was a re- genuine and, a, and, and one, and her, her feelings for him were real, and that was a key decision in her, de- in, in, a key moment in her decision to uh, leave her previous life and become uh, Tanya instead of Patricia. I, one of the more interesting characters in the book, and I, I felt so sorry for both parents, but Randolph Hearst, the father, comes off as a very sympathetic, maybe the most sympathetic figure in your analysis. You know, it's, it's interesting. When you, when you write a book, as you know, you never know exactly how it's going to be received. And one thing, as people have started to read the book, is everyone has said Randy Hurst is the most sympathetic character in the book. I didn't necessarily think that as I was writing it, but as I have now thought about it after the fact, I think you're right. Um, he, you know, he, he was basically a figurehead at, at the San Francisco Examiner, which was his father's newspaper, um, he, he didn't. He wasn't really a very hardworking guy. He liked to hunt. He liked to drink white red wine. But you know, he loved his daughter very much, and he moved heaven and earth, and and he spent un- unbelievable amounts of money. He had less money than most people thought to try to get his daughter back. And perhaps most interestingly, he made a real effort to try to understand what was going on in the counterculture that would lead people. To, to kidnap his daughter and that would lead his daughter to to uh, uh, to join the SLA. And, 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 you know, his effort to try to get inside the, sh- the, the, the minds of other people, I, I, I agree, was was an admirable and 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 surprising part of the story. Final question about American heiress. What became of Steve Weed? You talk about how he was trying to solve the case and he was very involved for a long-term uh, process while it was taking place. But today, where is he and what does he do? 
Uh, Stephen Weed uh, was at the time of the kidnapping when when he was living with Patricia, Patricia was a graduate student in philosophy at, at Berkeley. Um, he did not become a philosopher. He became a real estate broker in Palo Alto. Um, he has moved on. He's had a you know a, a happy um, uh, you know uh, life outside the public eye. He and Patricia have never seen each other or spoken since February 4th, 1974. Wow. So even, I mean, even when she's freed, she go, comes back, the trial, she's in prison, the part, everything, they've never spoken. Not one word. She, I mean, part of her alienation from her prior life was her alienation from Stephen Weed. And uh, even when she returned to the embrace of her family, the family had had written off Steve Weed. They were sick right. of him. They didn't like him. So yeah, they were they were delighted to see him to see him out of the picture and they have never crossed paths in more than forty years. Remarkable. My final question is a total non sequitur. Let me just say I love the book. It's titled American Heiress. It is a great read. I was going to say great summer read. It's a great read for any time of year. And Jeffrey Tubin is the acclaimed author. Jeffrey, the run of his life was made into the FX series, The People versus O.J. Simpson, uh, which was sensational. Out of the blue, I just need to ask you, because I have such respect for your intellect, are you watching HBO's The Night Of? You know what? I, I, I regret to say so far the answer is no, but you are I have heard from several people that it's great, so I plan on watching, but I haven't. You, you, you like okay. it, right? Oh my God! It is a it is a ten, and I I just thought that given your your legal mind and your experience with that FX sensational show, that maybe you'd have it figured out, and I don't. And there are two no. episodes well, left, I'm, and I'm, I thought I'm I'd gonna ask. get to work. I'm going to get to work. <laughs> well, if you do, call me back and tell me whether you think he did it. That's all I'll say. All hey, congratulations. Right, thanks, this is really terrific, and I appreciate your being on the program. Terrific. Thanks, Michael. That's Jeffrey Tubin, American heiress, the wild saga of the kidnapping crimes and trial of Patty Hearst. I, I want to close the loop on this, TC, by just sharing with you a, uh, a great analysis. She that was comes... engaged to him, and then they didn't speak after that? All right. Now I'm going to tell you two things. Come on. Wait. Now I'm going to tell you two things. I have things. a lot of questions. So first of all... The book begins with the kidnapping, with the abduction of Patricia Hearst. It starts this way. The doorbell rang at 917 on the evening of February 4, 1974. From their perch on the sofa in the living room, Patricia Hearst and Stephen Weed looked at each other and shrugged. No one was expected, but it was Berkeley. So who knew? Still, visitors were unlikely. Their cozy duplex was one of four apartments at 2603 Benvenue Avenue, a sturdy, well-made structure covered in the chocolate brown shingles that were a signature of the neighborhood around the University of California, where both Patricia and Stephen were students. And it goes on to then describe, you know, they are an engaged couple. The way that the SLA, if I knew this at the time, and I was just a kid, then I'd long forgotten it. The reason that the SLA singled her out is because they saw her wedding announcement. They saw her wedding announcement. They realized that she was William Randolph Hearst's granddaughter. They, they thought that she had, you know, boatloads of money in the house. 
and they kidnapped her. That's so where it all no began. Question but this that, is I her. Mean, she she definitely was kidnapped. Like that oh, absolutely. was not a question. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, there it, were no connections. No, ahead of time. no, 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 no. no, no, no. Okay, it's, okay. it's not That's as not if an issue. it's not as if the thing were a setup. There's no. no issue. She was kidnapped, but she's got a fiance with whom she's living at the time, and she and and just just imagine like a minute before they're sitting on the sofa, and it's as if you could look at this scene and say, guess what. This is the neither of you is going to die. Thank God. You're not going to have a fight right now. Why didn't he fight? To you save will her? never speak. He did fight. He did fight and he got clocked and then he fought again and then he ran out the door and he said and left her. Well, he said in the midst of all of this, take whatever you want. And, and Jeffrey makes a big point out of this. That they pa- did. But Patricia replays those words in her mind when she's in an SLA closet, you know, perhaps getting raped by Cujo within the next uh, 30 days. Anyway, here's the wrap up. This is the wrap up because I, I don't want to belabor it. But Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton in his on his last day in office, pardoned her. Did you know that? And, and here from the pardon is, I think, something that really sums up the case. Patricia Hearst was a woman who, through no fault of her own, fell in with bad people, but then did bad things. She committed crimes, lots of them. Patricia participated in three bank robberies, one in which a woman was killed. She fired a machine gun and another weapon in the middle of a busy city street to help free one of her partners in crime. She joined in a conspiracy to set off bombs designed to terrorize and kill. To be sure, following her arrest in 1975, she was unlikely to commit these kinds of crimes again. If the United States were a country that routinely forgave the trespasses of such people, there would be little remarkable about the mercy she received following her conviction. But the United States is not such a country. The prisons teem with convicts who were also led astray and who committed lesser crimes than Patricia. These unfortunate souls have no chance at even a single act of clemency, much less an unprecedented two. Rarely have the benefits of wealth, power, and renown been as clear as they were in the aftermath of Patricia's conviction. A good synopsis of it. A great book, a terrific summer read. Jeffrey Tubin is a smart guy. My only disappointment is that he's not watching the night of. He'll, he'll call back. I went uh, uh, last night. I may or may not have gone back and rewatched the night of episode one just hoping, praying that there would be some clue in it that I had missed in the first go round, and there was not. Hang on, I have a preview but I'll for tell you this. social media. Yeah, because of course we'll get to that tomorrow. But uh, there were several comments on the night of. Jim had a great one. He's because you keep saying, "Should I talk about it? Should I talk about it?" Jim says, "Here's your night of litmus test. You talked about the jinx, also on HBO, and I think more people are watching this. Do it." Well, the uh, the best wisdom that I can give to the audience that's already watching the night of is if you want to go back as we await the final two episodes, if you want to go back and rewatch, it stands up. I mean, it's you'll, you'll be intrigued but all over again. But did you see anything again. that... No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see anything did that tipped it. She did she didn't want to be alone tonight. She did say that. There might be a reason she didn't want to be alone tonight. Well, I found myself... Maybe she feared for her re- life. Do you remember the opening scene of the night of? Yes. What is it? Hang on, I'll think of it. I said yes without thinking. He's in a classroom. He's taking notes. Oh. And there's a there's a, a theory or theorem that oh. the the uh, high school teacher is drawing, the college teacher, pardon me, is drawing on the blackboard. And I'm wondering now if maybe that 
ties tells into us it the somehow. answer. I don't know that formula. I don't know. Go back freeze frame. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.